discussion is going to be hard because you have schools that want to, you know, fully open up. You know, schools have a legal risk. What do they do? Do they mandate vaccination before kids can go back to public school? You know. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community, whether you're listening as a first-timer or if you're listening for years that we've been on air. Super excited whether you're listening as a podcast or on terrestrial radio. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. And today, we've got a jam-packed show. But today is a controversial subject. <laughs> Not one that I particularly shy away from, but it's something that I haven't really attracted to. I just feel like it's such a polarizing subject. And I mean, I'm going to be open and honest with you, and that's all I can do. I feel like we can only share our truths, and it doesn't matter. I feel like there's a clear division of a line in the sand <laughs> of this side and that side, and there's very few people right in the middle. And of course, anytime you talk about this particular subject, it feels like you're either going to be completely opposite or align. And those, when you're opposite and you, you're not talking about the things that other people talk about, it's really challenging. We're, we're losing relationships. We're creating more separation instead of coming together and finding a, a purpose and a reason. And so the, the truth of the matter is, I interviewed Dr. Aaron Hartman about a completely different topic. And maybe you heard that one, that interview about functional medicine. And he talked about how he was kind of in the middle, which is very rare. Although what I found was very interesting is 100% for vaccines, even though as a functional doctor. But understand that he was saying that if you are high more high a more high at risk individual than vaccines are for or for you for example but he also treats functionally in a functional medicine manner which means that it's less than it's not conventional medicine it's not pharmaceuticals it's more of a holistic way of healing so it was a very interesting interview and again, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that he was a researcher for Pfizer. And many of us know that Pfizer is the number one pharmaceutical or the biggest pharmaceutical on the planet, like billion dollar company. So for him to come in and say and share some of his insights and talk about some of the things that he talked about was super interesting to me. And that's why I wanted to share this show with you. So when we again, when we first initially had our conversation, it was all about functional medicine. And then throughout the interview, he was talking about how he was a researcher. So they actually do clinical research testing for Pfizer when it comes to the vaccine. So they'll they record everything and they have different results and then they have different data and then they share that with <laughs> depending on who you believe <laughs> those are shared publicly or those ad information is suppressed so he i mean to be 100 percent honest with you i'm not for vaccines this is a holistic show isn't something that we believe in and it's a difficult thing even to say now i mean i've been publicly talking about talking having this show for over 10 years now and sharing my opinion is is usually very easy but especially for my show <laughs> but it, it seems like today's day and age you're not able to share your own opinion without being attacked in some way especially if you don't believe what one side says compared to the other and for me i mean i don't really have an opinion for other people. I feel like there's a, a serious issue when it comes to the social pressure of 
honestly, I feel like sometimes we're in <laughs> really like the Hunger Games series. Like, I feel like we're in the hung Hunger Games, for example. Like, we had like now, and and this changes. So, regard depending on when you're listening to this, like it's the it's the social pressure that that bothers me is that we should all have the our own choices. And if you get the vaccine, then you are protected. It doesn't matter if someone else gets it. But even but now they've they've it's the social shaming, and now they're saying that those people that are unvaccinated are the ones that are are spreading it but if most of the population has the vaccine <laughs> then they shouldn't be able to get it that's the point of that's the whole point of getting it but they're build they're continuing to build that fear in those vaccinated people and you shouldn't have but now we have people coming out that are vaccinated that are still getting covid so it's it's a really difficult subject to talk about the facts seem to be unclear depending on what news station you're listening to depending on what social media you're and then and again that clear division is really is really challenging when when we're talking about friends and family and those people that we love in our lives but i feel like we should all have our own choices and we should be able to have our own opinions and do how we choose with our own bodies but it feels like that's not the case anymore it's it's around that I was, I was talking about the Hunger Games, but now we have like lotteries where you can win money if you're medicated. And when I say medicated, in most cases, and at least in this situation, I mean vaccinated. But it's just crazy to me. It's just a crazy world how there's so much pressure to be medicated. And, it, you know, if you're not medicated, then you could have the argument that they're not able to make money off you. And and that's one of the main reasons why these pharmaceutical companies are, are making so much money. But again, everyone has a difference of opinion. You're going to hear Dr. Aaron Hart talk about how he doesn't believe that kids should be vaccinated as a research he works for Pfizer's and and again you'll also hear him talk about how he believes people should be vaccinated especially if you're in that danger type of age or area but you know again we got to look at those that were hospitalized because of this coronavirus and those that the majority of people over 90 percent were obese or had another a, a different underlying health issue a major health concern so those people are healthy are still pressured to get vaccinated and then we also have the it's a very interesting subject of if you are now if you already had covid <laughs> if you already had covid you already have the antibodies in your body to fight off this disease but they're still being pressured and people are still getting vaccinated because i mean they're still because of the social pressure but they've already had the disease so why would you go go ahead and get the vaccination on top of that and now of course we have all these new studies coming out which the media won't talk about of people that are having adverse effects to the vaccine and then and then the only i mean there's two arguments that i mostly hear is that i just wanted things to get back to normal which to me isn't a choice so they're holding that over your head of we're going to keep things shut down until you make this choice <laughs> because they can't actually go into your homes and give it to you although what's even crazier right now is they're knocking on doors asking people if they've got it or if they want it which is absolutely absurd to me so there's just so many things that don't really make sense and so many people just going along with what seems odd and doesn't make sense or doesn't add up and then you have all these cases you have doctors that are speaking out saying that this maybe has been rushed because of all these adverse effects that are coming out now and you have them censored on social media so if you know if it wasn't so powerful, there wasn't so much powerful governing bodies behind this, 
then why are regular everyday doctor voices being suppressed? Why do they have fact checkers now on social media? If you put something up about a vaccine, I don't even know if this will air. And especially if we promote this show on social media, they suppress. Anytime I talk about this on social media, my outreach goes drastically down about a quarter of what it usually does. And, you know, so, and I'm not one of those people that is obsessed about this. I have no inclination of having this take over my life you know some people just post and post and post whether it's positive or negative or whether it's whether whether what they believe in i have no interest in, in doing that but i also feel like we need to share our opinions and we need to voice what we feel is right and what we isn't what we what isn't right and i gotta tell you like whether whatever you believe whatever you want to do with your body is fine with me i don't have an opinion i'm not saying you should or shouldn't i am saying that you should have your own choice that other people your friends and family shouldn't be pressuring you the government shouldn't be knocking on your doors and they shouldn't be giving away money or prizes or they're giving away donuts like that's that's all wrong like that you shouldn't be enticed this is in my opinion and then, of course, the whole kids situation of forcing kids, you, like they have called, certain colleges or universities are pressuring or mandating vaccines, which is absolutely absurd. At this point in time, this is an experimental drug. So we don't even know, like we don't even know what's like, what's the long-term effects are. And we're already seeing more and more cases coming out, which very few people know about because it's not on mainstream news. It's not on mainstream media. So these are all my, of course, these are all my thoughts. These are all things that we talk about secretly in private messages or, you know, away from populations, because if you don't, if you don't agree with the masses, then you're looked down upon. And now I talked about that shaming we're talking about is now the news says that everyone that is not vaccinated is the main reason that we are going through more lockdowns or we're more hospitalization is happening. And it's just not true. If you're younger and you're healthier and you work out and you're not obese and you don't have a number of other underlying issues, you have a very, very small chance of getting this. And there's absolutely no reason, in my opinion, to be vaccinated just because it will make other people feel better. Doesn't make any sense to me. You don't like you don't medicate. I've never taken or ever heard of any type of medication you take for yourself to protect someone else. It just doesn't make sense. So whether you agree with what I have to say, whether you don't, I'm perfectly okay with that. Like I said, I, we brought on Dr. Aaron Hart in a roundabout. This is kind of behind the scenes. I, I didn't even know we were going to air this, and I wanted to share with you. I wanted to share you his perspective. Someone that works for the industry. He's going to tell you both sides why he agrees with the vaccine and why he doesn't agree with it in in certain areas. And I just thought it was worth listening to, or at least worth sharing. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. What is your goal? I'm just curious, business-wise, you're quite busy with booking yep. so far. What is, why do you want to do, why do you want the exposure? Why do you want to do these interviews? Okay, this is, I'm always, I always am experimenting with things. And so I've got three successful businesses um, that all by themselves are doing well. Um, my, why don't we get the word out there? The second thing is my, one of my goals is actually to like work less. So my, one of my goals is not to work 70 to 80 hours a week. I like to go, I like to retire <laughs> and cut down to like maybe 40 hours a week, you know? <laughs> and so my thinking is if I can get the online, actually create some kind of online, um, revenue stream that allows me to actually, you know, um, leverage, leverage, you know, leverage my knowledge base, you know, my, my intellectual property 
is my commodity. How do I take that and make that accessible to people, you know, and, 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 and also create revenue out of it so I can actually focus on research and learning new things. Um, cause that's why my passion is actually helping people is like seeing someone in my office who's been to a bunch of places, no one can help them and actually knowing exactly what's going on. Be like, I can actually help you cause I've seen you like with long COVID right now. You don't know if you've heard of long COVID. No, long- you should Google long, long COVID. Yeah. Long COVID? Okay. Yeah. You should Google long COVID. You, you should, you should Google long COVID and invite me back on to talk about it. <laughs> So, well, basically, if you a great example, okay, long COVID, about 10% of people who get COVID will have long COVID. Okay. If you're hospitalized, up to 70% of people hospitalized will get this thing. So what it is, is you get COVID and three months later, you still have symptoms. So it just, it just started making the mainstream media on um, the beginning of April. I started talking about last summer on my social media. And so it's one of those things where it's like, like this is something that's it's it's I call it the post-pandemic epidemic. It's like something that I feel like this can be so impactful for people to know about. But unfortunately, it's just not it's not selling right now. It just started picking up. And so that's where like things like this that I already know about. So I'm seeing patients who got COVID, who are still sick and lot, who still are short of breath, still have aches and pains, have developed chronic fatigue and fiber from COVID. And there's tons of literature on this. And I'm seeing people in my clinic now, and it's like I know exactly what to do with you. It's so like so cool and awesome to have these people who've been around a bunch of places having the hope. And I'm like, here's what's going on. Here's what set you up. Let's start working on things. And if that to me, um, I want to I want to have more time to research that and do that. In order for that to happen, I have to like decrease some of these other things so I can have more time. Because ultimately, I can't keep on waking up at four and five in the morning to study. I need to sleep until like maybe six. <laughs> Why don't you do court? Are you, do you have online courses plan? It throws up on me. So I got you said, um, why don't you do it up on me? So I got you said, why don't you do online courses? Are you going to, or you have some, that's one of the, that's, that's one of the things that I, the, that's one of the things we're working on. So we actually started the community and the idea was to have like a community that gives courses. And so I think our goal is to have the community have like the first course was resilient. Second one's going to be detoxification. We just finished doing a food planning, um, a meal planning. We this month is meal planning um and so then take those and turn them into courses so that's one of the um next level things we're thinking about doing my wife actually is running all that stuff so <laughs> um and educating our kids and doing, a, <clears throat> and doing a bunch of other stuff so so we're in the process of still putting our team together okay cool just curious yeah um, the other thing i want to ask you is the vaccine the vaccine that's your this, the research that you're doing yeah so would functional medicine be not so pro-vaccine and conventional would be <laughs> it it's not that <clears throat> not that black and white. There's not that black and white. Basically, the the problem is that um, I think this past election cycle kind of brought to light. If you if you look at some of the surveys, people not to be political, but um, if you the people who tend to vote like liberal versus conservative didn't know people who voted the other way, and there's almost a selection bias where if you tend to be anti-vaccine, you tend to look at anti-vaccine stuff, and if you tend to be pro-vaccine, and we've almost kind of created these these. Everything's become politicized to a certain degree. And functional medicine, if you're high risk, if you're over 70, if you have diabetes, if you're obese, you, know, you should really think about the vaccine. You know, I mean, you're high risk, but the vaccine is not the only answer. How do you, you know, if, if 87% of people who die with COVID have low vitamin D, maybe you should take some vitamin D, you know? <laughs> um, if, right? I mean, you know, if, if, if you're over 65 and, 40, and about half of those people are, are zinc deficient, and being zinc deficient increases your risk of hospitalization with COVID. 40%, maybe you should take some zinc, right? And so I, I don't know why we can't marry. And everybody's, again, everybody's in a different place. Some people want, want, want the single, the quick fix, which obviously the vaccine is pretty effective. And um, But some people want other, other options. I think we need to look at, you know, the high-risk people should consider the vaccine. But if, if you're low-risk and you're pretty healthy and you, your D is good and your zinc is okay and you take your C and... Um, 
you know, it was interesting. One of the things I published about last summer was um, what I talked about was the correlation with air quality and severe COVID. And so some research came out from Europe showing that <clears throat> places with higher pollution in the air, which sets your lungs up for infection and inflammation, set people up for severe COVID. Well, like, you know, Wuhan, Lombardy, Italy, London, New York City, these are all places that are known to have high amounts of microparticulates in the air, you know. Well, get a HEPA filter for your house. And I was saying this last summer. And now, guess what? You, you go to all these places and they're, you know, using... So there's so much you can do to improve your health. Why does it have to be just a prescription or just a vaccine? You know, but realizing a lot of people aren't going to change lifestyle. For some people, you need the vaccine as well. I mean, you know, and if you're in a nursing home and over 70, you should really get the vaccine because, you know, 70% of people who die from this are over 70, you know, so... I think just, you know, from a, a holistic perspective, you don't cut your nose off to spite your face kind of thing, you know. Unfortunately, what's happened in the conversation has become very, very, for lack of a better word, partisan. You know, if I, and I'm kind of in a weird place where I'm doing the research with Pfizer, I'm a family medicine doctor and I'm a functional medicine guy. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to navigate that. It's been hard because sometimes I'll talk about, you know, the vaccine and people are like, I can't believe you're recommending that. You're so bad and evil. It's going to, the nanoparticles are going to program us and all this kind of crazy stuff. And then it's like, I have other people that are so frightened they're going to die that they're like, when's it ready? You know, how do I, as a physician, how do I, how do I, you know, adopt? Or doctor, the Latin meant to teach. How do I teach people and give them tools so, to meet them where they're at? And that's where um, that's been a struggle with everything as crazy it's, as it's been. So with the whole with, with the whole mask thing, does that you talk, talked about air quality? Does that prevent your air quality or? The, 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 the N95 mask removed 95% of air particulates. Okay. That's how they work. So in most things in the air, most toxins, most chemicals, most viruses and bacteria are attached to particles. So if you remove 95% of the particles, you decrease your risk of infections. I mean, flu has been almost non-existent this past year. I mean, I usually diagnose three to five cases a day during flu season. I've seen three cases all this past winter. I mean, people at ERs have not seen RSV. You have patients with um, COPD and bronchiectasis, which are lung, chronic lung infections. They've not had flares. Like they've all been doing great this past year, you know? And so the masks work to a degree. They they lower risk of getting COVID 80%, which is significant. Um, me being six feet away from you, right? Social distance decreases risk of spread 80%. But what, again, but the messaging, what, but what people aren't talking about is being outside lowers your risk of spread 40 fold. So that's like 4,000%. So which is better, wearing a mask or being outside? <laughs> right. I mean, and that's obviously not mass gatherings. We have thousands of people in small spaces. That's kind of like a, a deal breaker with that. But that's what I think, you know, this, the messaging has been so bad that it's just been, I mean, everybody's been confused. And they have, you know, you know, I can go on about misinformation and stuff. Like I was interviewed by the local NBC 12 and they, when they did the, 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 um, the news thing, they, they, they um, presented me as a developer of the vaccine. I'm like, I just talked to your guy for half an hour on the phone, you know, like, like this. And you got the, like, I'm not a developer. I'm a clinical researcher. It's like, it was just like, that's, that's been going on so much this whole time. So, information. yeah. What have you, what research have you found? <coughs> excuse me. What research have you found with the vaccine, the Pfizer? I mean, well, what we know about the vaccine is it's basically 95% effective for preventing um, COVID. It prevents hospitalization about 80%. Um, if two people are vaccinated, I mean, it's, you know, your risk of getting severe disease is like, it's, greatly, greatly diminished. It appears to be very, very, very effective. And um, what I think a lot of people don't realize is the technology <clears throat> for this vaccine is about two to three decades old. So we've been working on nanoparticles and vaccines for about 30. We've been working on mRNA stuff for almost, almost 30 or 40 years. What happened, and, and, and actually for a vaccine, we started working on, not yes, the research world, started trying to look at vaccines back in 2003, 2002, 2003 with MERS, I'm sorry, with SARS-CoV-1. 
happened in 2012 with MERS, they used it for actually, Pfizer was actually looking at a, um, a flu vaccine for it in 2017. So all the pieces were there. When this thing popped up, there's actually letters being written to explore making this vaccine for COVID in January 2020. You know, which is pretty, it's really interesting how, you know, in Congress in January, the Senate was meeting to talk about this virus. I was hearing about in December. Pfizer knew about it to have a letter in January, but in the in the general knowledge, no one knew about this thing until all of a sudden, you know, one day it's like COVID, right? And so that's where, you know, I think just people knowing that the the, the, the scientific background to the vaccine is actually decades old. It's like, you know, there's actually an article, I think, in New Yorker about, you know, the um, marvel of the um the COVID vaccine, you know, decades in the, in the making. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't an overnight success. It was decades and decades. It's just, it was actually very, it was just all the stars were aligned perfectly, you know, and then basically, you know, when this thing popped up, we had the technology, we had the companies ready to, to, um, to do the research and, the, and, we, and, we're, and we kind of were able to figure out things out within nine, nine months in February, put before the FDA. And now um, from a letter from the, the president of Pfizer, we can actually create a new vaccine now in a hundred days, which is revolutionary to, to think you can find some virus somewhere in the world and potentially make a, um, a new variant vaccine in a hundred days. Um, I think the big concern is, you know, people long-term safety. And ultimately we won't, we won't know that for three to five years until the study is over in about two years, you know, just not going to know. So isn't, as a functional medicine doctor, as well as a physician, doesn't, does that end concern you of in two to three years, we could have issues that we don't know exist yet? Absolutely. That's where, well, it's because I know the science behind the vaccine, the mRNA, mRNA, for example, breaks down in your body within 48 hours. And the data particles, which is just basically phospholipids, um, gets absorbed by your cells and processed out within within a week. So, which is the reason why you need a booster, you know, um, 21 days or whatever afterwards, because the uh, the stuff in the vaccine is gone. So theoretically, the risk for long-term stuff should be non-existent, but we need data to prove that. And so what we didn't know was acutely how safe the vaccine would be. And now we've gotten over 200 million jabs in the country. Um, you know, it appears acutely to be pretty safe. But I think there's just so much unknown right now and so much stuff floating around that and so much misinformation. Just people don't have really good resource, reliable sources of information. With all the information out there, people don't have trusted sources. You know, it's been crazy used to be like, you know, New York Times, you know, NBC News, you know, Dan Rather, all these like, you know, there's like five, five sources or six sources. Now we have thousands. Where do you go for good business information? You know, Kramer, you know, where do you go for, you know, you know, where do you go for your, your news? You know, it's kind of like, it's because there's so many options. You know, it's someone I just finished reading this book on Think for Yourself. There's an interesting book talking about the being paralyzed by too many choices, you know, that we've come up a society of experts. You know, we have these, we take these deep dives, but we don't have perspective on, on the data. And most became paralyzed by so many choices that now people don't know what to do. Because I read this here, it says this, I read that, said that, I saw this, it said that. What's the right choice? And that's where, you know, part of what I want to do is give people a reliable, dependable source of information as best as I can give it, because I have my limitations, you know. But So what about, the, what about those ones like they stopped Johnson & Johnson and in Canada they stopped, uh, I don't know, you probably know better than I would. AstraZeneca. Yeah, the, the J&J vaccine was stopped after about six or seven um, cases of, of the brain clots. If you look at that, it was after about 7 million vaccines. So it's a terrible, terrible side effect. Absolutely terrible side effect. Um, but, it, but it was about 1.3 per million vaccines. Um, about one in a million people who get a flu shot develop Guillain-Barre, which is basically your, your insulation in your nerves melt, and you become paralyzed, paralyzed and potentially, potentially die. So every vaccine carries a risk that are out there. It's just when you're vaccinating a million people, you say, you know, in a million people, if 
the mortality is 0.23%. You know, that's, you know, 23,000 people die of a million. You know, out of a million, am I willing to take a risk of one person having a bad, bad clot? And we just, from a public, and this is all public health, from a public health perspective, we say, yes, the risk is worth it. Individually, you might look and say, hey, I'm a young guy. My D's great. See, I, I get eight hours of sleep at night. I exercise. You know, I, you know, I eat really good food. Like, what's my risk for dying from this? And I'm like, what's well, less than the flu? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're 50 or less, this is like the flu. If you're less than 30, this is not as bad as the flu, you know, um, unless you're a high-risk individual. You know, I think what this has shown light on is a lot of supposed healthy people aren't really healthy, you know. Oh, that person, that guy was super healthy. What happened to him? And you kind of start d- diving into it. And you're like, well, you know, he had sleep apnea. Um, he worked, he slept four hours at night. His diet was terrible. This, this is not a picture of health, you know? So how does that compare to the COVID cases of people dying? That The COVID cases of people dying is much higher than the people having adverse effects of the vaccine? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I, I stopped tracking numbers a couple, about a month ago, because I'm trying to pull myself away from, my wife is like, can you stop talking about this? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's getting kind of, it's just getting stressful, you know, crazy. But um, yeah, there's been almost six hundred thousand people in the country died so far of COVID. Yes, and then yeah. we don't know how many effects there are of the um, vaccines yet. Well, acutely, we do know we're tracking all these. There's, there's a thing called the Bears. It's a vaccine monitoring system that every doctor in the country can go and put side effects into, and so we're, we're logging every single solitary side effect. You know, um, every person who comes in the, in the trial we're doing, we have about four hundred people in the trial. <clears throat> every symptom they have. We record it in the, into the system. So we're recording all these things. But as far as life-threatening side effects, you know, um, it's, it's it appears to be really safe. You know, if you look at, again, the numbers in the United States, there's been over 200 million jabs given out. You know, if it was that dangerous, you'd expect people falling out in the streets. And the thing about it is we're hearing every single solitary, you know, the kid with a stroke or, you know, mom with an issue or a dad with an issue. We're hearing, those are broadcast on the news. We're not hearing about the 100 million people who got it now going back to life, right? You know, or the schools that are opening back up or whatnot. We're only hearing about the, the bad cases. And that's part of just the bias with, you know, we, our brains have an eight to one bias for good news versus bad news because we have a survival part of our brain. And so we're drawn towards things that cause risk. And so that's that's part of the trick with some marketing is like, what's the risk if you don't buy my product or what's the risk? You know, I'm going to get you to, whatever I'm selling, you'll be more likely to buy if I can show you have risk for something and I can prevent your problem. I find your your, your pain point, right? Um, and unfortunately, that's the way, the way the, the lot of stuff works and it, it creates anxiety and stress. So if kids have such a small risk, why, why, in your opinion, why would they be encouraging kids to get the vaccine? Um, to slow spread. So, you know, if you're, your kid, the, the numbers as of like <clears throat> three weeks ago were, there's about one in 50 to one in 53,000 chance of a kid dying from this, which is really, 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 really low. Your kid has a high risk of dying in a car accident, right? Um, but kids can spread. And so the idea from a public health perspective of trying to stop spread, kids are a source for spread. And this is where parents need to look at their kids and go, well, my kid's a low risk, I'm a low risk. Do I want my kid who's, this vaccine's not going to really save their life, right? Don't want them vaccinated, you know? And that's where the, the discussion's going to be hard because you have schools that want to, you know, fully open up. You know, if schools have a legal risk. What do they do? Do they mandate vaccination before kids can go back to public school, you know? That's where the conversation is going to be really, really hard. You know, how do you mandate an experimental vaccine? Well, I believe in California, some of the universities are mandating vaccines to go back. Is that correct? Um, there are places, man. That It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's a struggle. Like, how do you mandate a vaccine that the trial is not actually finished yet? Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm a clinical researcher. I'm doing the research right now. I think the vaccine has its use. It appears to be safe. But how do you mandate something that's only approved by the FDA um, for emergency use only? Right. That's where... 
I've a little bit of a struggle with that, to be honest with you. You know, if it's if it's if it's a private airline, if it's a private industry, you know, if it's a private business that says, "Hey, this is my private business, and I'm saying you can't come in here unless you wear a mask or get you know whatever," I'm like, I think it's different than mandating publicly something that's still um, under study. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> Just curious. Um, that was that was <clears throat> awesome. I don't want to. I mean, I could ask those yeah. questions all day, but I don't want to take up your whole day here. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and, and joining me. I appreciate your your expertise and your the, the angle you come at. It's yeah. nice to hear. Great. Thanks a lot. All right, Aaron. Have a great day. And if I can help out with anything, let me know. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Take care now. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. All our blog posts, recipes, videos, workouts, everything we do goes up on trueformlife.com. We have a blog there. We have different products. If you're interested in our products, whatever you need, you can also reach out to us on trueformlife.com. And we're very active on social media, facebook.com slash trueformlife or instagram.com slash drewtadia. Those are both two platforms that at least at this point we're using quite frequently. TikTok is the craze right now. It seems like everybody's jumping on TikTok. So we're on there as well. TikTok.com slash Drew Tadia. Uh, I hope you got something out of this interview. I hope that, who knows, maybe this, I'm, I'm not out here to change anyone's mind. I think that's very difficult. I'm not here to put anyone down either. I think it's okay to share your opinion and you should be able to, you should be allowed to without be feeling attacked. So that's what we're doing here, sharing sharing our opinion. I'm sharing my opinion first in the introduction, then we're just sharing Dr. Hart, his opinion and research. And, and like I said, he has both sides right here for you. So it's not even swayed to whichever side you want to believe or whatever side you want to be on. All I'm saying here is that I feel like in some cases, common sense is eluding us and having a bigger picture of why there's so much pressure and why there's so many mandates and maybe just thinking outside of the box and not just following along because that's what everyone's doing may be something to consider. So at any rate, we will catch you on the next show. I hope that you come back for more. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.